I love to see people get their first investment property. I love to like give keys to like a woman that went through a nasty divorce and didn't think homeownership was possible for her. So the human component is definitely there, but truly I am at an interesting place in my life where I started helping. Welcome to the Freedom Chasers podcast, where we bring you interviews and discussions that share the stories, successes, goals, and dreams of real estate agents and real estate investors pursuing a life of purpose and freedom. Today, we have Stephanie Heiser on the show. Uh, the gal who sold 54 homes in her first year now does a lot with Love Visalia and Visalia Love, I should say, and then also does some stuff out in Joshua Tree. So she's working a couple of different locations, selling lots of homes, has got some investment experience we're going to be able to talk about today, things that maybe looked bad, but actually turned out good. So Stephanie, thank you so much for coming on the show. Take us in right away. How did you sell 54 homes in year one? Okay, well, honestly, Zillow leads. <laughs> it was a hot market. It was 2020. Um, I was teaching full-time for half of that year until um, June when I left education. And um, within like a month of answering every single phone call from the Zillow leads and knowing my market really well, I just had a high conversion rate. And then after eight months of that, I just had so much business. I couldn't even answer their calls anymore. So I stopped paying. Um, and that has fueled my business still for almost three years later. So this is a really good thing to talk about because I know that Zillow gets a lot of hate. Uh, yeah. But there is a method to the madness. Like, I mean, even if somebody maybe isn't making a ton of profit on Zillow year one, like, can you tell us one not only obviously you got 54 deals out of it cause you did the right thing and you followed up, but like, what has that business look like three, five years later when, you know, these are starting to refer, et cetera. Well, I mean, internet lead conversion rate varies of course a ton across all platforms. And they say, if you do like three to 4%, that's a good metric. Like we're all trained by school to think like we have to have straight A's and everything. And that's the only way you're doing good, but that's so incorrect. It's a terrible way to think, but my conversion rate was 12%. I spent $10,000 over, I think I paid it for nine months, 10,000 like total. When I filed my taxes, I had that $10,000 write-off and I made 210 off of those leads. And then a lot of those people bought more houses. They bought um, houses for Airbnb. That was a really hot market at that time. And then they referred a bunch of their friends and family to me. And, you know, you're like, you have to do a good job. You have to know what you're doing. You have to be like a good person or I don't know there's lots of agents that are great that aren't good people. But, you know, if you just like know what you're doing, that's the most important part of any lead source. And granted, Zillow doesn't work in all zip codes. Like you have to do the math. Obviously it does work or they wouldn't be like maxed out in every zip code, but that worked super well in 29 Palms. But in Visalia, I could spend five grand a month and then that would be worth it. But at this point in my career, like I don't have the time or energy to be working a bunch of bogus leads on top of all my quality leads. So I think it's a great way to start your career if 
you're in a zip code where the math works out. Like you just have to trust in the process and know your market really well and know how to be a matchmaker and know how to anticipate the needs of your clients. So you're, you're referencing Zillow leads in this latest rendition as bogus leads, right? Are they bogus because they're so much less quality compared to referrals? Yes, exactly. That's a lot less quality and it's, you know, such a small conversion rate. So you are spending several hours with people that are just tire kickers or that, you know, have weird random questions or don't know how it works or they already have an agent. But if you're just getting started, like all of that conversation is experience for you. All of those showing houses to unqualified people, which I don't recommend, but when you do that, you're just getting experience and getting more confident. And I would have never bought Zillow leads at all. Um, and back then, my mindset was very different and very paycheck to paycheck. And the first month, I paid $650. And it was like a big leap of faith, it felt like. Now I spend like thousands of dollars on a leap of faith for other random business-related expenses. And... I mean, that 650 got me eight open escrows my second month in. So some risks are so completely worth it and some aren't, but you just got to be willing to fail forward and fuck up to figure it out. So you got Zillow right out the gate. So let's talk about this. I mean, you're spending money like day one, it sounds like more or less. Did you come into real estate with some money? Like how was that early journey like? Well, I had actually just quit my administration job. I was the vice principal. I quit in the middle of the school year. Um, I needed a massive break from a crazy situation. And I uh, cut my salary in half. So no, I did not have money at all. But I put that 650 on my credit card. And I had... 650 $650 a month? Yeah. Yeah. And then within two months, I was making 20 grand a month. So that was a no brainer. But my, um, I had bought a shack of a cabin to flip it um, with money that my husband had got from selling his house. And we just had 10 grand left after paying his student loan debt. And we didn't know anything about real estate. I didn't read books, I didn't listen to bigger pockets, I knew nothing. But we knew like if you buy land or something and hang on to it forever, then that's like a good idea. So I just randomly found this cabin. We um, bought it from the agent who double-ended it. That is a whole different crazy story. But when I was researching like what other cabins were selling for, I asked one of those agents to um, like list my cabin for me when it would be ready and to get some pointers. And he was so sweet and told me I should just get my license and list it myself. So then I just started thinking like, okay, well that will save me like $6,000. So I guess I'll try to get my license. And I had over a hundred thousand dollars of student loan debt. So I just felt like I was very locked into the education field. That's what I went to school for and had a lot of limiting beliefs. But anyways, I um, got my license and that cabin took a year to flip. It was a nightmare. And in that time, I had already sold a whole bunch of houses. So it was such a huge blessing that that sweet, sweet agent 
like saw something in me and told me like I should do real estate. And then another really sweet agent told me to buy Zillow leads. So I just like met these two guys just kind of randomly and they gave me the best advice ever and it really paid off and I listened and it worked. Away you go. So I love the fact that you're a teacher. That was my background before I got into real estate as well. So tell me about either what character traits the teachers have or what do they develop as a teacher that makes them so ready for real estate? Well, good teachers are strategic. They anticipate the needs of their students. They know how to juggle a lot of different information, a lot of different schedules. They know how to plan ahead and be structured, but be extremely flexible within that structure. I think, you know, the people skills, the negotiation with kids and the um, just everything you have to navigate in teaching to me makes real estate seem a whole lot easier. Like it's so much easier to navigate than a kid that is super disruptive in your class that you love so much and need resources for, but they're destroying like your room and hurting everybody. So I feel like Real estate is a breeze compared to teaching in some of the schools I've been in. I, I can relate to you very, very deeply on that. So what would you say, like, so basically you, your teaching obviously directly correlates to your success, but there's a heart component to teaching, right? There's a love, there's a passion for the kids. Has that been fulfilled in real estate? That is a really good question. And I've been pondering that a lot lately. I... I love to see people get their first investment property. I love to like give keys to like a woman that went through a nasty divorce and didn't think homeownership was possible for her. So the human component is definitely there, but truly I am at an interesting place in my life where I started helping. I have this extremely brilliant friend who was my administrator and he has this amazing passion for kind of diving into the school to prison pipeline and the importance of connections and resources in elementary school instead of like waiting till high school to give them alternative education options. And just, you know, meeting with him and going through like his book writing process and reading his dissertation and seeing him on stage has really ignited that passion again in me. And like, I just want to serve my community. I really want to connect with kids, but through real estate, I could do that by networking with the school district, like their career and technical education. That's a great way to work with the kids. You can, like if your district has a cinematography program, you know, hook up with that program and have those kids film videos for you or do like neighborhood tours or meet new business owners around town or even like a city history project would be super fun. And um, I've bought out the local single A stadium and given free tickets to all those like teachers, school staff, administrators. Like I don't limit my... um discounts and community events to teachers only because I think every single person in the school 
district or in all the charter schools, private schools, they're all really critical. Yeah. Well, I love that you have a huge heart and obviously you see it in the form of, like you said, the discounts and the events. And and so as you continue to grow in your success, like what is your vision for charitability? What does that look like in the future? Well, I would love to like sponsor a classroom or just to be like well-known in the district if there is a kid or a family in need to come to me and that's part of the direction that I'm taking Visalia Love because I just can't fit in a box. Like I'm not only a real estate agent. I'm not only a teacher. I'm not only a vice principal. Like I feel like I could do it all. It's probably not advisable, but I could do it all. And then I also have a small business network where we meet every month and it's all free. And I just um, work with a few other absolutely brilliant small business owners and we just elevate our community by pouring into small business owners and solving whatever hurdle they have like that month. And our conversations are super deep. It's all organic, unplanned. I just show up and every meeting I'm like, no one's going to come. And oh my gosh, like who's going to be here? How's it going to go? I'm so nervous. And it is truly magical every single time. So I feel like you know, you got to work through the anxieties and the like struggles and just do it anyway. But I don't know, Visalia Love is growing into a city guide. Um, I made a logo for it that's separate than my real estate logo, which might have been a bad plan, but it's okay. It's not about me. It's just about elevating our community and spreading the love and just like, pouring into the sweet, loving business owners that deserve it. Yeah, absolutely. And, and staying on the teaching track here, like you, you mentioned, like you're not an in the box type of person. Um, you probably like, did you feel that really strongly? Like, I mean, when I was teaching, it was like, I mean, you had to do this, this way, exactly. Like kind of describe what it was like for you. <laughs> well, the nice way to put it is that um, I did what I had to do. Of course, my kids' scores always were like the most improved or the highest in the grade level. I always got the bad kids because I could handle them because I'm just real with them and I can connect with them. My classroom was like transformed into whatever we were learning about a TP or a uh, Alice in Wonderland, whatever it was, I just always like had everything very engaging. I always would find community partnerships to bring like new shoes to our school. Or um, one year I got books for all the kids and replenished teachers' classrooms. I've done like an art contest to design the school t-shirt. So I always like have to do more, more, more. And like that rubs people the wrong way. And I'm not a maintainer of the status quo at all. So my <laughs> education experience has been quite the shit show. And especially the time when I got into teaching around like 09, it was just a crazy time. Like they would have subs in all the classes till like October. Then they would hire teachers because that was the cutoff date where they wouldn't have to pay us for that year experience on the next salary schedule. And then I'd get pink slipped. And then like, I think most 
sane, normal people just stayed in their town and waited to get rehired and figured it out. But I just applied all over the state and went to wherever I got hired. So I've taught in every single grade, every single type of school. I've seen it all. And I think that makes me a really great administrator. And I know what works, what doesn't. I've um, connected with kids and parents of all socioeconomic statuses. I've seen you know, disparities and discrepancies between resources. And um, I'm just like a huge advocate for the kids. So sadly, an education that can get you in trouble. Everyone who listens to our show knows Tim and I are passionate about obtaining financial freedom through real estate investing. We also know that everyone's situations and goals are different. And while there are programs out there that show you a path to financial freedom, Many of these programs are just too cookie cutter and don't take your personality, situation, and desired outcome into account. Think about the number of times that you've watched a guru online and tried to do the exact same thing as they did, but had nowhere near the same results. You are not alone. When I got started, I was continually paying for courses and getting only partial results until I discovered the path that made sense for me. The results prove this out. Most online course creators have let us in on their dirty secrets that 90 to 95% of their students never complete their course and achieve their desired outcome. This is not something that we're okay with. The benefit of working with Tim and I is that we are interviewing between five and 20 people every single week. We have accumulated hundreds of seven-figure strategies and gotten inside scoop from these successful entrepreneurs. We're able to work with you to pick the strategy that will best fit and then help you create the custom plan to take you quickly into financial freedom. As a former math teacher, I always taught my students that the fastest way between two points is a straight line. If you want to get rid of the many curves in the road that can make the journey longer and more costly, then go to coaching.freedomchaserspodcast.com and book a call with us and let's get you on a straight line path to freedom. Yeah, and I, I ran into very, very similar struggles. So I just want to throw a message out there from both of us, if, if that's Okay, that if you're a teacher and you feel like you're in a box and you need out of that box, like listen to this podcast because both you and I have gotten out of the box. And if you had to give a sense of like, how, how does it feel now that you're on the other side? A lot healthier and a lot less toxic, <laughs> but I truly miss it. Honestly, like I kind of feel like I want to be an administrator again. I mean, not kind of, I legit do. Like, I feel like I've mastered real estate. I mean, I sold all those houses. I hit icon status every year. Like I, those things don't mean nearly as much as my kids that text me like a decade later, they find me on Facebook and tell me that like somehow I taught them to just be themselves and don't take shit from anyone. That was kind of one of my favorite messages or the kids that say, like you were the adult that loved them or inspired them to like apply to their dream job and they got it. So I really am, you know, back in this space where I have like a small real estate team. I can really focus on like my schedule and my time blocking. I feel like I could be a great administrator and still be in the real estate space. But that might be insane in the membrane, but I'm willing to try it and see what happens. Well, and that's the beauty of this business, right? Is the flexibility. And once you've developed a lead generation machine, whether it be through Zillow or 
through referrals, which is the ultimate one, because those are, you know, obviously it doesn't cost much to get a referral. So then you could structure your team, you can structure your process in a way that you have all the time in the world. And, yeah. and it's a really cool thing to be able to go back to school where income is not needed, right? Where it's like, literally, it's like, hey, we're going we're gonna to play ball on my terms, or we're not going to play ball at all. A hundred percent. And I said, like, if I, if I get interviews, I would just be like, so like, I'm really powerful. Like I can be anything you want me to be. And I'm here to serve, but like, I know ed code, I'm not going to compromise my integrity. And I am here to like fight to the death to make things better for the kids. Of course, I got to say it a little nicer than that, I guess. But I like want to scare the ones away that will be insecure by my or intimidated by my abilities. Like I want to be with the people like doing the nitty gritty, dirty work to like fight for the kids and actually make an impact. Have you given thought to starting a charter? Oh, yes, I have. I worked at many charters. I have seen many, many, many things that are corrupt (laughs) And I have, um, I had an approved charter in my possession at one point and was working on like the details, but I don't know. I gave up on like my dreams and myself so many times. And the administrator that um, I said is like working on a book right now and just absolutely brilliant and reignited that passion in me. He's the one who, when I um, I took the GMAT and applied to an MBA program, I think at USC, or no, not even USC. I wouldn't have done that. Somewhere, somewhere yeah. not as cool. Some, 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 some cool college. Yeah, but he told me to go to Pepperdine and get my admin credential. He's like, "Don't leave education. Like kids need people like you." I was like, oh, okay, whatever. I'm not going to get into Pepperdine. And at that time, I was really, really sick too. Like my mental and physical health was absolute garbage. And we were working at this independent studies charter school. And I, those were the best kids I ever, ever had. I love working with like the teen moms or the kids that are like in a gang-ridden community. I love working with the kids who need us the most or have the least engagement with adults or school and um, anyway, so I applied to Pepperdine, got accepted, and then I drove three and a half hours to class every Friday, had eight hours of class on Saturday, eight on Sunday, drove home late at night, got up and taught Monday through Friday and did it all over again for a year and got my MS in educational administration and policy and my admin credential. And then I was... Um, hired as a vice principal mid-school year and I did that year and then the next year we had a new principal and that is when I quit mid-year because that was absolute insanity and then that's when I got into real estate so 54 houses my first year I did 40 like the next two years after that I moved five hours away from where I had all of that success. Like I was in Joshua Tree, which was a very hot market. And then I moved five hours north to be in Visalia, which is where I've always wanted to be since I was here for my first teaching job way back in like 2010 and got pink slipped and moved a hundred (laughs) times. But I always wanted to be here and I was like, wait, I'm self-employed. I can live wherever I want. So 
I moved here. My parents moved here. My brother had come with me the first time and he has a four-year-old daughter and she's our world. So we were super stoked to be back in Visalia and money is never like my motivating factor. I knew I'd have to start my career all over. I sold 21 houses in Joshua Tree last year. So it's a 10 hour round trip. And of course I am efficient and strategic and made I didn't make 21 trips to the desert, but I have to see every single house I sell. Like I hire a showing agent. I get everyone under contract. I handle everything and then make sure I see the house before closing. Yeah. So you're taking, you're taking some trips out there if you're seeing every house. Yeah. Yeah. And so now how do you balance this? Cause I mean, I think thinking through ideas together is, can be like really, really cool. So you're, you're wanting your life to go in the direction of being a school administrator, but you're obviously connected to real estate. It's a big money source for you. How do you envision doing both? Well, I feel like I crashed and burned super hard. Um, at the end of last year, I had like really bad burnout and I have um, an autoimmune disease and that makes me have like really bad panic attacks and anxiety sometimes. So I have to be way more mindful. Like if I want to step into my power, like I have to make sure that I'm making healthy decisions and eating better and doing things to protect my energy and to maximize my health. Like I'll never be gung-ho. I'll never like remember to exercise every day. But I know I'll have to be far more intentional to be able to do both. And of course, if I'm in a school district, like that will be my number one priority. But really, once you master education, like, and once you master real estate, both of them don't have to require all of the hours and all of the stress that we get so caught up being attached to. So, in my magical world, I feel like having the routine and structure of a job in the school district will help me have routine and structure in real estate. And my team members are killer. My transaction coordinator is amazing. So I just have been super picky about who I let into my world and how I support them. And I'm really, really grateful for them. I absolutely love my lender a lot. He's very strategic, very um, communicative. Like my clients would never know that I am like dealing with crazy administration stuff all day long because I have a huge, amazing team behind me. Yeah. And do you have different visions for education like 10 or 20 years from now, or do you see yourself with the long-term vision being an administrator? Well, I would like to, I want to do admin for a few more years. I got to clear my admin credential. That's my goal. And then I would like to be in a different position where I can just have a greater impact. Even if I don't get to see kids as often, I would like to um, really work with like foster and homeless youth. I would like to, um, I don't know work with, well, so I'm currently planning a TEDx event, like um, a TED talk, you know, a TED conference, but TEDx is um, community 
organized branches. So I own the rights to TEDx Visalia and my dream job would be like coordinating events for a school district. Like I would love to do TED Ed or TED Youth Conferences, other conferences like, you know, the unconference movement and the mastermind movement. Like I've planned those for real estate and they were really meaningful, transformative, magical but I would love to do that in the education space and kind of change our conversations and just be real and raw and make a difference instead of just talking about it or we're at this conference because this is what like the budget covered and we have to check some boxes. Like I want to do something more meaningful and more exciting and a little bit less stressful than dealing with kids terrorizing classrooms every day. Totally. And I love that your focus is on creating the greater impact, right? I mean, like every industry needs disruptors. They need the nonconformists to push the ball forward. But in the school district, I found, you found it as well, like they run on system and order and system order can be very good. I mean, if you're changing all the time, that's bad, but the problem, yeah. and everybody says it, like if you talk to anybody about the school system, it's like, it's not preparing kids for life. It's not giving them financial education. It's not getting them what they need. And yet any nonconformist in the school system generally is, uh, they either leave on their own volition or, you know, because they're made to feel pretty dang uncomfortable. Um, yeah. so I love, I love where your head's at there. What do you feel like? Wh why, why stick to real estate at all? Why not just go full blower into administration? Because one real estate transaction <laughs> pays me more than a month <laughs> of being an administrator. I really believe in multiple streams of income. I also own a pool cleaning business. Eventually, I will monetize Visalia Love, which is my small business entrepreneur network. And I know the different community initiatives. I, I, I want to get more doors. I sold all my houses. I had a very stressful year last year, but I sold everything. I only own the one house I live in. I regret selling every single house I've ever owned and sold, but I want to focus on buying properties like in Kentucky or Arkansas, where it's more landlord friendly, a lot lower down payment. So my School career just provides great medical insurance because I have absolutely horrific medical insurance right now. And it gives, you know, the consistency, the predictability. And this year, I would say like most of us real estate agents are not even making half of what we made last year by this time. And I mean, what I made last year is way more than I ever imagined I'd ever make. But also, I got super burned out, very exhausted, very miserable, and um, I just, I wasn't as mindful as I could have been. Even though I traveled a ton as well, I just didn't rest at all. So I think with education, especially now that I am like older and healthier and better at protecting my energy and being proactive, and like you said, like, the fact that I don't need this job, I feel like will alleviate so much stress. And, you know, I'm just there to serve the mission. Like, it's just about the kids. It's not about me. Like, I know everything can't be 100% my way, unfortunately. But 
I just think it would be stupid to give up real estate when it's just, especially if it's just a side gig and that's a lot of passive income. There's a million avenues to do it. You know, it just would be so dumb to not leverage my time. But I not everyone can do that. Like I've always worked full time, gone to school full time. I've always put a ton on my plate, but my brain just is like insatiable. It doesn't stop. Like things just happen. I have my YouTube channel. Like I do an astronomical amount of stuff and I just like variety. I get bored easily. So if I'm in education for one year or 20 years, I have no idea but I just trust the process and have faith that, you know, I'm going to do what I'm meant to do and hopefully impact a whole bunch of kids in the meantime. And um, I would love to do a lot more education with seniors and juniors and teach them about home ownership. Like when I was teaching seventh grade, I wrote my salary on the board, wrote all my bills on the board. I was in a really low income area. And then um, I was looking at buying houses back then. And I showed them like, this was my monthly payment, but this is what rent would be. So owning a house will be better. And in 10 years, this house might be worth whatever. And actually in 10 years, that house was worth way more than I projected it would be. So I'm always like super transparent with kids and I think I would love to coordinate some like real life <laughs> conferences for them. I don't know what to call it, but some like this one day will be more impactful than your 13 years of education. Right. A hundred percent. Well, and one of the things that I think will be so cool too, is when you go back in, you get to be transparent with them because that's what you are. I could tell from the second we started talking, you're transparent. <laughs> It's like, what is the mission? Are we on the same mission we are? Okay, here, if you bring me on, here's what you get, right? Like if you want a wrecking ball that's on the same mission with you and you need disruption, like, so you can go into it, get permission essentially. Like, hey, if you hire me, this is what I'm doing. Like, I think that was kind of the hard part was like going into teaching, like you think that you're going to have some ability to influence protocol and you just realize you don't. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Now going back in, you're like, okay, this is the only way I'm going back in. Um yeah. So man, that's so cool. Like I, I really love the, the Ted talk elements. I love the fact that, cause that, that's really, I think that's where the teacher's heart still is. Right. I mean, like we want to still make the same impact we could have made, but ideally can we even make it on a bigger scale than if we're in the classroom or, or in some other place. So Stephanie, thank you so much for coming on and sharing about your life and your business and getting so detailed about the teaching elements. Um, obviously it's, I, I just, I'm really excited to be able to share this episode with teachers. So if you guys out there listening, if you're teachers or even if you're not, like maybe you just have a heart for people and you're letting that heart for people not allow you to go into real estate, go into real estate investing where you could actually take your income to the next level, write some stuff down from what you learned today. Because one of the benefits of doing what we do is that when you develop the right amount of income, you get to choose how your life goes and you get to choose how you make your impact. So write this down, share it with somebody you know so they can hold you accountable. Because freedom is acquired one action at a time. And if you take steps day by day, before you know it, you too will be living a life of freedom. Thank you guys for tuning in. We'll catch you on the next episode. Please like, comment, share, and subscribe. Engagement is like gold to us. We can't do what we're doing without it. Reviews and subscriptions, particularly on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube, are worth more than money. So please do what you can to support the show. 